Hello and welcome to the podcast version of Let's Kill Twitter. This is the show that aims to detox your timeline with the art of conversation. The show is recorded live and on Zoom and features two regular hosts, that's myself, Julian Hall, and comedian Sajila Kershi. And each week we have two guests helping us to tackle the trials and tribulations of Twitter. This week it was the turn of comedians Tin and Duyeb and Carmen Lynch. Comes coming to us all the way from New York, our first American guest. On this show, we covered tweets about Lindsay Lohan's interview on David Letterman from way back in 2013, clips of which had just resurfaced on the internet. We also took a look at whether social media could cope with nuance, particularly Twitter, uh, obviously an ongoing discussion there. And among other tweets, we looked at one from Duncan Bannatyne, comparing the lockdown measures in Miami, where he has a home, to what was going on in the UK. We hope you enjoy the show. Please do follow us on Twitter at LKTZoom for more information and updates. We are totally done. We're live. So it must be Sunday and it must be around eight o'clock and it must be Let's Kill Twitter. So welcome everyone to the show that lets you detox your timeline with the art of conversation uh, or your money back. Uh, this is the safe space or fairly safe space in which we unpack Twitter, all that is good and all that is bad. And we definitely have a mixture of both uh, the light and shade uh, of, of what's been going on, on Twitter in the last say, week or so. Uh, plenty, plenty going on. We've got plenty to suck into tonight. And with me doing that, as ever, is my co-host, Sajila Kershi. Hello, Sajila. Hello, 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 Julian. Hello, world out there. Hello, Twitterland. Hello, Facebook. Are we going on Facebook? We're going on the YouTube. Uh, all of you. On, on just, the YouTube. On, on the YouTube. Yeah, because there's. Sounds I'm down so with much the like my northern mother. <laughs> <laughs> down with the kids. Look, as you've seen, I've I've been rebelling against our LK, LKT background, and I've just put like flowers instead to kind of get a little bit of the Valentine vibe to show that I'm not totally ah. against bar humbug love. Yes, I, I had almost forgotten. Yes, Happy yeah. Valentine's Day to those Valentine's of you who are watching. Um, very quick housekeeping. If you're watching us on Facebook Live, on Twitch, and on YouTube, on the YouTube, uh, then you may notice that we are not formatted in the lovely quad that we are about to unveil. You can join us. You still time to join us through the Eventbrite link. Just go to Eventbrite. I'll post the link on YouTube and Facebook as well, so that everyone knows. Well, not that I haven't posted it a million times, but everyone knows where to go, as it were, in the nicest possible way. Uh, and then you can come into the room and you can ask questions, you can make comments, uh, you can do all these free, uh, fantastic things that you cannot do on YouTube and Facebook at the moment. But please enjoy wherever you are watching us from. Uh, it's my pleasure to introduce to you Carmen Lynch, uh, live from New York City. It's Sunday night. Hi. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Happy Valentine's Day from Queens, New York. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Now, uh, Carmen, uh, people may well have seen you from various appearances, Late Night with Jimmy Fallon, uh, The T Tonight Show with Stephen Colbert, Conan you've been on, you've got your own fantastic podcast, The Human Centipod, really thought I wasn't going to pronounce that correctly, but I have. I got it. <laughs> got it. And you've got a fantastic album as well, uh, Virtually Obese. Uh, what haven't you got, Carmen? <laughs> A special. I think I need a comedy <laughs> special on Netflix. So if anyone's listening, you come Big on. Hint, massive, massive hints dropped. <laughs> Fantastic. And just quickly, what is your COVID status out there at the moment? You mean our city or me? 
Yeah, well, I mean, the city mainly, <laughs> well, both. Bench, I think I'm okay so far. Um, the city, I mean, we're still struggling. You know, a lot of people haven't gotten their vaccines yet, uh, but many are. And uh, we're still in no indoors, no, you know, whatever, indoor dining isn't really happening yet. So there's a lot of people walking outside with masks on. Yeah, Just sounds, sounds familiar. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for the update. Sajila, would you like to introduce and unveil our next guest? Oh, yes. Firstly, thank, uh, thank you, Carmen. It's, it's lovely, exciting, because we, we should add, we've got Carmen all the way in America. It's our first transatlantic show, Julian. That's, that's, that's cool. why I said live from New York. No, I know, but it's still exciting. I think we need to keep repeating that, because this is very exciting. Um, and things that we didn't do before lockdown, so there's some of the positives lockdown. Um, and, and next guest, I've worked with him many, many years. Um, I actually haven't seen him for many years since he's become a dad. Um, but it's a the fantastic tin in. Yeah, everyone. Woohoo! You're a comedian, writer, podcaster, and and you've added here always a tired dad. But you don't look tired. You look you look you look like you're actually excited to be here. So uh, thank you all for coming. <laughs> oh, and of course, I've known you from a comedy club for kids, and my son has come through your hands, comedy clubs for kids, and he's now an adult in his own right. So um, you know, that just uh, did not yeah. sound right. Yeah, I was going to say I didn't like the way you phrased <laughs> that, but, but it was uh, otherwise. Yeah, here with me. He, he probably remembers you because. Yeah, when you when you did comedy club for kids, I got him to do one of your workshops and stuff. You don't remember him? No, I've got no. Yeah, I don't remember anything. Uh, remember I, from, from he remembers you. I think the past year where every day has felt like the same, just longer. Uh, I've got no clue of anything that happened before. But I'm very pleased that he enjoyed it. That's very nice. No, no, he did. Um, and of course, we mustn't go forget your own uh, podcast. I know you supported your support app for like, Frankie Ball. If uh, you're watching from anywhere else in the world, Frankie Ball's a huge deal here. So it's a huge deal to be able to support him. Um, and of course, you've got your own um, a political party political broadcast, which is one of the Guardian's top political podcasts of 2018. Yeah, but, um, but hang on, I just want to justify it. It was in 2018. They haven't done a list since then, so I think it still counts. It still that's counts. What, that's what totally. I'm making it. They haven't, they haven't done a 2019 or 2020 list, so I think it's like I've kept the title. That's that's what I'm going for anyway. I think you have to keep the title until somebody says you can't have it anymore. That's, yeah. I think yeah, you I'm, get to keep all these titles, because when you win these awards, I always think, like, how long can you keep talking about them? You know, it's like... Um, it depends on it depends on how many Edinburgh shows you're going to do because I I just put all like you need them for the posters otherwise for uh, as far back as they go even things that aren't relevant anymore I nearly always think of like the judo bronze medal that I got when I was eight and I should just stick it on there just uh, in case it might drag someone along oh my god so um yeah uh, have you got have you got awards Carmen that you you'd like to share about oh this? my gosh um, I think I got one in softball once in the like sixth grade. <laughs> Um, I won a couple of, of, of those like, you know, comedy contests when I first started and open mics years ago, but I, I can't think of anything I've won recently. You know, now I'm just trying to love myself. I, I, I won £2.50 on the lottery on Friday. So um, yeah, that's, that's, that's a Brings win. That's, yeah, yeah. That could go on your pred ed next Edinburgh poster. That's it. Yes. <laughs> what about you, Jules? What about me? What's the question? Sorry, I was yeah, just so say, have you got have you got any wins that you know some some obtuse wins that you've had in your life? <laughs> um, I do remember like my first trophy. Like everybody wants one of those really tacky kind of uh, wooden plinth metal structure kind of trophies, and I do remember that we got we were second in our five aside league on Friday night five aside league. So I mean that's pretty much you know that was a big one for me. 
I'm still dining out on that one. <laughs> Can I check how many teams were in it? Because if there's only uh, there were about eight, eight, eight. Oh, that's sharp. Eight. There were about eight of us. Okay, that's all right. That's good. <laughs> Could be. So we were definitely, you know, yeah, top two. Um, Tin, and I wanted to ask just quickly because partly political broadcast started a while back now, and I think the idea behind that was kind of like to diffuse political discourse but you found you we sort of found ourselves i would say in even more polarized waters how, how are you yeah. charting those waters i i don't i don't know i'm just sort of blindly sailing through storms i think i think I, the reason i do it now is to stop me shouting at people in the park and, and I, if i can put it on a podcast it stops me just screaming at people we're all fucked uh, if i can do that on a podcast it sort of keeps me calmer so um it's yeah, it's terrible. These are terrible times, and I'm now trapped in doing a political podcast. At the world. I I wish I could do an escapist podcast that was all calm. And I, but I'm stuck. I'm stuck now. I've made my own bed, and I'll cry in it. <laughs> it's hugely successful though, Tian. It's very popular. Your podcast. <clears throat> I like it because yeah. I, I, do you know? I think that there's a lack of um, I think there's a lack of swearing about politics on TV, and I think that people really like hearing. People go, oh fuck, this is fucked. Rather, oh, can I swear on this? If I can't, yeah, I'm, I mean, yeah, come on. Yeah. I thought I could, but just in case. But I think, like, genuinely, because TV is so sanitized in a way, in terms of it has to be for lots of reasons. But we're in constantly swearing about times. Like, people need to swear about these things, and, <laughs> and I, I think sometimes people find it quite a relief to hear someone just go, oh well, it's fucked again. <laughs> you know, it's useful for them. Carmen, you're podcast the center pod how, how did you how did that come about what does that actually mean the human center pod like yeah. how did we come up with a name well yeah. um we were uh trapped in not trapped i should say quarantined <laughs> trapped in my brother legally in my, trapped <laughs> in my boyfriend's brother's house there were eight of us eight of his family members and there was so much running around and everyone was just kind of on top of each other that we were like where can we go it's secluded to talk about everyone and you know and it was his mother's car so we we felt stuck together so we called it the human centipod which we got from the movie the human centipede but had never seen it we just liked the name and then we would just go to his mom's car and uh and just tape all of our episodes there um and uh it's very silly it's dark we're both comics he's a com comedy writer for television i'm a comedian so there's a lot of back and forth very silly dark um topics but you know we have a good time so that's all that matters right yeah do you get people who love the film listening to the podcast and being very confused um well we kind of stated that it's not has nothing to do with the with the movie but um, it's funny, like I never thought about that twice. And then two weeks ago, my friend was like, we're gonna see the movie. I was at her house and she's like, we're gonna see the movie. And it was so disturbing that I was like, what did I do? What did <laughs> I call it that? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's a film that I remember catching halfway through, like, you know, late at night, come back from a gig. Oh, remember those days? And uh, I was watching it halfway through it. And I was like, what the hell was that? It was so disturbing and awful that it was on the next night again. And I had to watch it from the beginning, and I was still quite traumatized. And I just was—I got really obsessed with it actually. And they just kept like thinking of all the scenarios of where, which, which, where would you be if you had to be a human centipede with three other people? Well, it's, would it's, you be um, the middle, the back, or the front? 
it's really frustrating because you know there are points where they're trying to save each other instead of just the, the women's decisions in that movie really made me angry i'll just say that like they they made them kind of stupid and i'm doing a podcast next week with the girl that's in the middle like i'm gonna yeah. actually meet her on the podcast oh, wow. and i can't right. wait to so ask cool. her all these questions like she bring the other two with her? do you have to interview her while the other two are stuck there or is that <laughs> just comes by itself, right? Insane. And you know, the, the guy that sews them together, it, 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 he's actually passed away in real life. Um, but one passed I, away, sorry. The guy, the the main, the lead bad guy, the guy that sewed them up together, he died just a couple years ago. Well, um, you know, he kind of well. You make something Mama. disturbing is that <laughs> mind but, you he was only acting in it, it wasn't really no i know i know but i mean there are two more did you see the human son of part two and three yes yes you did oh yes. see i, could, I was yes. too traumatized yes because no. I, I told you i was obsessed it was i just i just thought who how and then i couldn't stop myself you know when you just think i know this is wrong but i've got to go in I could have gone in the second. If there was a third, fourth, fourth fifth, sixth, I'd be there. I'd have to all, watch it. All I it's saw just... in the synopsis was that in part two, instead of three people, it's like 12. And then in the third one, it's like 30. And I was like, I can't. I can't wow, do that's it. like a conger of horror. That is awful. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird because we started um, the green room chat, Chin and I, talking about um, the fact that I'm very sort of pixelated and I've got this weird background pixelation going on. But Tynan says that if I go back to 80s horror movies and I watch Nightmare on Elm Street uh, again, which I found very scary, uh, everything's weirdly delineated, he said. Yeah, it all looks so, rubbish now. <laughs> it looks terrible. Uh, childhood bad dreams shattered. <laughs> right, speaking that, of bad dreams, we should probably tuck in. Should we tuck in? Okay. Yeah, <laughs> did, did you want to, sorry, did you want to chip in with something, Susie? No, 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 no. I was gonna. I was just gonna say um, that's actually a good topic. That's a good topic. Bad dreams, or, or or movies, even movies that you were petrified of when you were kids, but they don't scare you now. That's a good. That's a good one. Mine was. Uh, I think it still scares me now, though. Is the one that was scratching on the window? Salem's Lot. Salem's Lot. Do you remember that? Ooh. Is that scary stuff? Thing? That's oh my God! Thing, you're right? too young. You're too young. You don't know what that I'm is. Not, are we? Are we just? <laughs> We just stood on a subcultural landmine there. Oh, God, yeah. Okay, let's, let's, let's talk about Trump, because I think yes, clearly that's, that's a good... That's a nightmare. Uh, yeah, that's a nightmare. I mean, I know, you know, obviously that the, the zenith of Trump is, is now passed, oh, thankfully. But thank we are obviously just a day away now from the, um, you know, the decision on um, the impeachment, which, you know, I have to say a little bit of a foregone conclusion uh, that he wouldn't be impeached. We had a couple of tweets on that, which I'm now trying to find. Well, there's, Jan and there's Jim Felton, um, sort of Twitter, Dynormo Twitter, Twitter wit. Uh, it would be the polite way of putting it, Twitter wit. Um, so, you know, just making the point straight off the bat, uh, Donald Trump faced tougher action from Twitter. That's one of Sajila's tweets. And let's get a run of Trump, Trump tweets here as well. This is like a real shameless Desert Island Discs moment as I choose my own tweet which I thought of this morning, and I'm so proud. Let's face it, Republicans were always uh, unlikely to do anything that would prevent a man from playing golf, which I think is a fair point. And then, Carmen, you had uh, a smasher here somewhere. Da, 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 da. Where are we? Yeah, well, it's the man, him it's the man himself, Stephen King, like, oh, yeah. continuing the horror theme. Hey, it's putting it in there. 
I, I, ex I expected, but still dispiriting, you Republican senators have voted to acquit. You suck. So let's let's chow down on the Trump. Um, I mean, is anyone was anyone at all surprised by the fact that he wasn't impeached? No, it's just infuriating. And I don't know if you guys use the same word for just weak people. Like they're just pussies. You know what I mean? It's just come on. Like you're just worried about your career and your job, and you just you know it was wrong, and they just won't do it. You know, and it's 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 predictable but it's still so just so it makes me so angry that mad thing as well i was gonna say a mad thing of like mitch mcconnell did this big speech that was all like what he did was wrong yeah. and saying both bad and then he voted not to acquit him and you're going like what's wrong with your brain like where's the, where, where's the disconnect where you can say all that and then vote the other way like it's just uh, I, I really wish karma was a thing. I think that's what the last few years have taught me. That I really, I really hope that if he hasn't been acquitted, he'll at least fall in a well or something. You know, something else will happen to just give that. That, that he's not going to get acquitted because what's going to come next is even worse for him. He'll get I eaten mean, by goats. Prison would be lovely, like in a, you know, in the bathtub when he bends over to get the soap. I don't know. Like, <laughs> I like don't just... think I, I don't think Donald Trump is going to be anyone's prison bitch. I just can't see. Like, oh no, no. <laughs> no, he's even if he went to prison, he'd go like the Martha Stewart way, like you know, in his home with like one of those ankle things. And ah. I mean, he, he yeah, I mean, it's going to be a pretty. Um, I don't know. It's a pretty, It's going to be fairly easy prison time for him. I mean, the, I guess it's interesting because he's like got he's got some hurdles to be doing because this is not by any more any means the last chance saloon for. Donald Trump to actually face some kind of legal action because you know there are apparently are quite a number of cases some of which are ongoing now and possibly may well um, turn up about you know business deals and and so on and so forth I've certainly heard that there is more to come um, but then it, then if that happens it kind of just becomes the Trump show yeah, you also hope like if because like his some of the his lawyers speeches to the Senate were so weird and the, the one where like they blamed it all on antifa and they said oh it's all an antifa plan that's that's who stormed the capital really which is going to be a massive surprise to all the proud boys that were there. <laughs> like oh, we're antifa, <laughs> that's going to really fucking creep them out but um you know like just these weird oh someone else did it there's something like and in for the senate that might work when you've got people like mitch mcconnell who can't even make up his own mind but in court that's got to be hilariously weak hasn't it that that can't go down well where your only argument is, oh, someone else that did it. <laughs> I think there was a tweet, wasn't there, with the, uh, that I, I, I might like to, it was um, like even Twitter's banned Trump. So like even they punished him. I think that was your, no, no, that was your Jim Belson one. Maybe yeah. I didn't pick it, but it was, yeah. um, and it's just, we were talking about prison. So uh, if, if Trump goes to prison, what prison time would he have? So Donald Trump faced tougher action from Twitter. Yeah, exactly. Um, but if he did, because I'm hoping that some of the sexual offences that he's been accused of by women actually come for, come back to kind of now get him because he should be paying for that. Um, you know, and so one way or another, I do think he's not not going to get punished. I think there will be stuff that will be happening to punish, but just for fun, what kind of prison are you seeing him, you know, face? What kind of prison life are you, is it? Is it Shawshank Redemption? Is it? Is it Green Mile? Is it? Who? 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 Who do we want? What kind of prison centres do we want him to have? 
I want him cleaning toilets. That's all I know. Just cleaning a lot of shit. <laughs> Swimming in shit like Shawshank Redemption, but actually <laughs> just eating it, eating that shit. Just making him caddy. That might be his idea of hell. Just making him a golf caddy. It's like putting him in a subservient role. <laughs> I mean, the but, fact that Twitter is has removed him, though, is so amazing. Like, that must kill him, and I love that. I mean, we need more, but that was huge. Yeah, I mean, I do think that, um, I mean, the, the tweet here from, from Jim, you know, I mean, it's Twitter basically had their fun with Trump, and then they knew that it, they could sort of ditch him after, you know, the president's whilst kept the capital, calamity at the capital, as I still call it. Um, yeah, I mean, but I'm sure he is, is, that is like a toy for him. And he's, he's probably finding, I mean, if they took Twitter away from me, I would staring at my, you know, I'd be staring at my wrist for totally different reasons than I used to in the, in the eighties, but there you go. Uh, it's, um, you know, he's, he's an odd character. I mean, when we had Eric McElroy on here, for our first show, our trial show. Uh, so Eric moved from Seattle in 2000 and he's been over here since. His theory was that Trump would end up in sort of Dubai or somewhere where he had sort of massive business links basically and just start a new kind of empire from there. Well, carry on his empire from there. Cause I think there's no extra, I think there was like a no non-extradition treaty deal going on. So. You're making you sound like Professor Moriarty, that he just, never, just disappears and never comes, you know, we'll always, you know, ah, 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 just when you thought I was gone, I started a new Twitter page on, on Twitter, I have other followers, you know, or I am God, uh, or now I'm in Dubai. I don't, it, I, the problem is he's never going to really be able to, like, flee and hide, is he? Because you just, like, he's so recognisable, that orange face and the hair, like, wherever you are in the world, so much, it's like Mickey Mouse in more ways than one. He's going to be spotted wherever he tries to run to. It's. I also just don't think he's got the brain power to do that quick enough. You know, I think he he's so arrogant it will try and fight all of this out and think that he can rise above it before he gets to sort of escape somewhere else. Um, I I genuinely think the worst punishment. I think we should all just like six sense him and pretend no one can see or hear him. And I think it would uh, <laughs> be nice if he had like one of those David Letterman beards. You know, maybe in a year. <laughs> you think with his hair like that, he couldn't grow a beard like that. It would be just weird. I know. It would be a... like weird patches that went this yeah. way and that way. Yeah. I mean, if he can make the next four years about him, then you know he's running in 2024, isn't he? Let's face. I mean, probably is anyway. But if he can, if he sort of sits there thinking, how can I make the next four years about me? I mean, if he can, if you can do it, look at that. I, I, I think when, I was thinking Letterman might be the the key, might be the segue for your tweet. Sajila. Oh, we get Lindsay? oh, yes, yes. Lindsay okay. Yeah, yeah, because I was going about, yeah, okay, let's do it. Um, all right, so I saw a tweet. Um, and mm. I, first of all, I thought, oh my God, she's dead. I was really like, I was, I was really guided. I was like, this is awful. And, and, and they're bringing out all this stuff. So it's Lindsay Lohan. Um, I should probably play the whole clip. Actually. Yeah, there it is here. Yeah, yeah. If we could oh. play the clip, that'd be great. Yeah. Anything that goes on. I do. Tabloid now. Now, now, here's what May I, 2nd. I was under the May 2nd. Yes. And how long will you be in rehab? Uh, three months. How many times have you been in rehab? Several. And what, what, how will this time be different? What are they rehabbing, first of all? What, what is on their list? What, what are they going to work on when you walk through the door? We didn't discuss in the, this in the pre-interview. No, but, but <laughs> it'll be three months and... and you no, I think, I think, to be honest, I'm, I'm the happiest when I'm working and the healthiest. And I think this is... An opportunity for me to 
you know, focus on what I love in life. And I don't think it's a bad thing. I think it's a blessing. And Do, do, do you have addiction problems? No, you sound like Dr. Phil. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> is, is it uh, like alcohol? Do you drink too much? We've discussed this in the past. Who did we really? When did we discuss? Well, because yeah, we I'm had... the one who's having the blackouts. What is, what is that? <laughs> I'm just saying. I ought to be in rehab for the love of God. So now, um, uh, when you when you go to the rehab, what do they well, do? Let's, let's, this is we have to work here for a movie. We have to what? Let's stay on the positive. Oh, what, so, like aside from that side of the positive. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I have a list here of things that ha you've you've endured. Do you, can I run down a few things? Here? Oh, can I see them first? Yeah, go ahead. You, you can read them or not read them. Okay. <laughs> up here, are the I thought you were going to be nice. These are, these are the appetizers up here. These are the main courses. There's your desserts down at the bottom. Those are the jokes. Oh. You know, you know, are you okay now? It feels like people should be helping you. Do you have money saved? Therapy? Ask yourself, why always in trouble? You can't make a joke of it. I just want to, I just... That's so I, mean. I, I, I don't, I'm not joking. No, you're not doing that. We're not doing that. May, one or two? No, this is my show now. <laughs> so, you... Uh, Stop. Oh, she's tearing up a little bit. God bless you. <laughs> I love there you, too. There you go. Right. Okay, so, Lindsay Lohan, it, this interview was back in 2013. And it's kind of come up again because um, she's, you know, she's long, long, obviously comedians, they'll take a pop at people. But I thought this was just really cruel and bullying and nasty. And it does, it completely, um, you know, takes away from the fact that alcoholism or any kind of addiction is an illness. And um, and, and I, I just think we've got, that might be 2013, but I feel like um, this is, this is not okay and i think women specifically kind of get into the position where it's you know on chat shows or whatever and i know we've got the the whole the more fun side or, or of of uh, uh jackie weaver but being shut down being made small and you know and this is not punching up it's punching it's punching sideways and it's nasty to making her so i just wondered what your thoughts were and also what lindsay lohan what kind of um profile does she have because I think she was an amazing actress back in the time and it's just like she fell as many people do when they get success quite young and early and can't accept it well you know other things that get they, they get demons that you know take over we're all susceptible to them and is it right that if we are having a fall and, and I'm thinking of our in the UK we had um Amy Winehouse and I just feel like it's such a, it's at least such a tragedy because it ends so badly but that people, what, how are we supposed to be as comedians, as performers, as you know, writers, Julian? How, mm. how should we, you know, behave in these circumstances? Are we maybe partly part to blame when, when th th they kind of fall from grace? Are we responsible for that? Because I've had to be questioning myself about things like this, making jokes about people in the public eye, and perhaps thinking, you know, that it was okay at the time. You're you asking me as the only non-comedian. Non I'm asking you as a writer, as a writer, because you are a writer oh, as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I was thinking maybe throw it over to the uh, to the other experts before. I, I mean, I found it difficult. I'll be on. You know, my reception to that clip is, it is an uncomfortable uh, watch. Um, it 2013. You know, we had we had Twitter then, and it, it kind of we didn't have some of the movements we've had you know me too movements and all the rest of it and some of the sensibilities that we now have 
I guess we just didn't have them, but they were, if, if someone wanted to kind of create a fuss, they absolutely could have done on Twitter. It was absolutely ready. I mean, I was actually thinking about this the other, the other day. I was thinking about when I first started using Twitter, was, was there this kind of snowball kind of pile on um, thing of a particular issue that would get reinforced and reinforced? And to be honest, I don't feel like it was it was a bit of a it was a bit like I've had a cup of tea today here's an article I wrote and you know I mean they're just my tweets but whatever um so you know we've we've shifted a lot even within the sort of short history of, of social media um I mean I know I do remember the coverage at the time was that you know Lindsay Lohan was sort of uh you know yo-yoing out of uh of of rehab and I just think that you know maybe the kind of the deaf ear to it was a sort of, um, uns, you know, a kind of uh, antipathy towards Hollywood as much as anything else. Um, and this, obviously, that show is a very Hollywood in in show. Those guys obviously know each other. Uh, I, you know, they would have talked to each other before the show, and it would have it definitely went beyond the limits of of what she was sort of comfortable with. Um, yeah, not you know. Not, not my favourite letter clip. I'll give you that. But also, but the her PR would have obviously discussed it beforehand. Like, look, you know, this is off limits. I think she says at one point, you know, and so you surely should be honouring what the guest is saying. Look, I'm willing to talk this, this, and this, but I'm not going to talk about this. Um, that has to surely that that those boundaries have to be maintained. Yeah, but it's different being in a in a studio compared to being in a. If your PR says that and you sit in a hotel room having an interview with them. Uh, you know, then you can you can say to something that that's off limits, and I won't answer questions on that, and that will be recorded. But it won't be anything like unless you know if you're one of those stars is willing to walk off um, or give a really monosyllabic interview uh, to questions like that, then that's fine. But I think you know she still wanted to play the game, and she she tries to sort of win it. Well, she does sort of win it round uh, by taking the script off and just saying, "Oh, it's my show now." It's so much harder to stay on those kind of uh, outlying rails when you're in a, you know, doing live interview. Mm. Guys, what about? Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. No, I thought she handled it very well. I mean, I remember seeing this when it first came out, and I'm more shocked now, which means, you know, obviously our standards have changed because now I'm like, oh my god, I can't believe that even aired. Like, that's crazy. Um, but you know, it's. I thought she handled it very professionally, and and then it was sad that at the end she couldn't help it but cry. And I'm like, why is he doing this to her? It's already hard enough to admit that you have to go to rehab, and she struggled so much. Um, and I, I always like want to blame the parents. I'm like, what did you do? Like, you know, why aren't you around to help her? But can you can you blame anyone? I mean, it's. She's getting a, a, she has a crazy career at a young age. Hollywood loves her. I mean, how do you, how do you control any of that? It's really just, it's out of your control. I think for, for the parents, for the child, I don't know. It's look at Britney Spears. I mean, all these child actors have had so many problems. It's like, you want, you want to tell them not to do anything until they're like 25. It's all the all the stress of it, like you know, I think it's underestimated how much stress. Even though obviously we all think it's like glamour and what an amazing lifestyle, but you have to like do shoots starting at whatever time in the morning to whatever time at night, and then you're straight onto next one, straight onto next one, and you you're always moving around and like the pressures of life. I think you, you never get a breather, you never get time to yourself, and I think that must have really bad damage on your just mindset and probably mental well being. And and I don't 
I think that we, we, we're so caught up in the, the glamorization of Hollywood that we sort of forget, and, and just celebrity life, I think, that we sort of forget that. It sounds like, it sounds a bit like, oh, poor, poor celebrities. But, you know, it's, um, I do think sometimes that, that we don't take that into account. We had we that all here with, with like, um, on a very different level, but like all the people on Love Island that, that end up committing suicide after it because they suddenly have oh, yeah. pain thrust upon them. And, you know, I, I think uh, we don't really think about that level. But I mean, that, that interview was just bullying. It was, it's really horrible. It's really uncomfortable to watch. And yeah. I think she did handle it well, but I can only imagine that afterwards she was a bit of a mess. It's not. Not nice. There was a clip going around Twitter the other day that I'd never seen before, and I can't. This is going to be the most useless. Uh, <laughs> I can't remember who the host was, but it was of a, a late night talk show host in, I think, 2007. And it was a clip of him talking about Britney and saying, Do you know what? I'm not going to make fun of her because she needs help and this is really sad and we should be supporting her. And the person that sort of tweeted it said he was like the only one that was doing that. Was that Kimmel? So was it Jimmy Kimmel, maybe? No, it was an, he was Irish, I think. Oh, Irish. oh. I don't. Yeah. Um, but no, I think he. I think he was. It was an American talk show, but he was an Irish host. I don't know. I don't know who he was. Um, but it was really nice to see. But I. I just always think that you're, like Sajid was saying, as comedians, we do do it. But we also need an awareness of like what's too far and what isn't, and and what level you're. Punching. It always seems really lazy to me. I always just think that if that's the best you can do, it's it's lazy bullying. You've resorted to that. There are other better gags or things that you can talk about and other better routes that you can go into if that's what you have to resort to you haven't worked hard enough in it that's especially for comedians because so many of comedians have gone to rehab you know what i mean there's like a lot of empathy there um because a lot of us have addictive personalities you know well a lot of us are very you know we are quite damaged people which is why we do what yeah. we do i mean yeah. is it normal to go out in the middle of the night travel for three hours go and do 20 minutes and then travel another three hours get stranded in london you know it, it that's not normal behavior that's 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 i don't know what what i mean i'm thinking it's similar in america obviously it's just this is and then you what you get hardly paid anything why do we do it that's yeah. that's so of course there's um and then when you have got Yes, people in our industry who have addiction problems, we should know better, but then maybe that's why those jokes are coming out because it's like, well, it's coming from a place where I know that. I know that I'm that kind of person. I do remember before Amy Winehouse um, passed away, there was one of the jokes of Edinburgh Fringe was about, it was a great joke, and I won't say who it was because it's not fair, I think, but it was, um, if it's Amy Winehouse, um, you'd think she'd find someone else to sell uh, to harm is it self-harming jokes that you find, think you'd find someone else to harm her something like that at the time we all thought it was hilarious and funny and it won the joke of the fringe but now I look back and i'm horrified at myself that i thought that was you know and it's it's almost like we lived in this bubble where these things just happened but now there's a lot more accountability and a lot more you know yeah, there's also i think i suppose there's also that thing about like uh, when you're at a gig and you've got an audience in front of you and it's live We've always considered that to be a safe space where you can slightly mm -hmm. boundary push. You can talk about things. And, and we've entered a world now where even those jokes aren't safe because they get tweeted, they get taken out of context, they get put elsewhere. And I'm not necessarily saying that joke was all right, but I'm just saying that, you know, there, there are comedians who've had their jokes that were part of a bigger set where they may have been self-deprecating, bounced other things, talked about addiction, and then come back to that. And then that one joke's been taken out and everyone's going, right. oh, I can't believe you said it. And it's like, we used to have this as our space where we could test these boundaries and work out how to communicate about these difficult issues. And now everything is shared so much that I don't feel like you're able to test these. I mean, no, I, even personally, I've got jokes that I won't put on Twitter because I already know 
uh, that people are just going to respond to this in like the worst way. It's not worth me spending a day explaining. No, that's not what I meant. Like, you know, it's not worth it. It's amazing how much every tweet comes with a, like a, a price tag. It's like this is you know this is going to be at least two hours of your life if you tweet this. Or, it's you like know. there there are little people out there just waiting to attack you for what you're saying. You know what I mean? Like when I post something on Instagram and then I post it on TikTok. And on TikTok, it goes viral because of the comments, like, how dare you say, oh, you know? And then the other one has like 20 likes. It's like, there's just on different social platforms, there's people just waiting to get you. I'm just wondering on that threat and that, on that note, yeah. there is, is who, who liked the Simon Evans, this is a great joke, the replies. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, I didn't sort of select it, but I think I, I it's actually on the main feed. Yeah. Just wonder if that was maybe kind of relevant to bring in at the, the moment about how I mean we talked about maybe, it with, with, maybe with actually, last, yeah. last time we did the show uh, with uh, Andrew Doyle and Aisha Hezrika how yeah. uh, people can literally take joke here, here yeah so you know and, and my God we're going off road carry on, <laughs> carry on. <laughs> <laughs> hang on people <clears throat> so uh, do you want me to read it or go on, go on. I don't mind but uh, so Simon Evans the comedian Simon Evans. Uh, he's responding to a uh, tweet from Tory MP and uh, Tom Tugendhat. I'm not actually sure if Tom's not a uh, chair of the Foreign Affairs Committee. That's right. I knew he had a, he had a title. Um, so the picture, so the original tweet is uh, Tugendhat, obviously the military service. My four-year-old daughter just got a Valentine's Day card. This photograph is posted here for Louis. Yes, you know who you are. So he's playing protective dad, isn't he? That's that's what I'm getting from that joke. Um, and Simon Evans, this is a great joke. The replies make me worry for this country, not least uh, some of its professional humorists. Funnily enough, the first one to pop up, well, uh, was one of the first ones to pop up was uh, Jim uh, Felton, uh, but now he seems to have gone, which is a bit annoying. <laughs> that's probably because there's been more replies since last night. But I think basically, I suppose we can talk about the merits of that joke. Um, well, you can talk about the merits of that joke while I find Jim's tweet, actually. <laughs> Over to you, Tierney, seeing as you're a dad as well of a girl, aren't you? Daughter? It's, um, yeah, I, I, do you know, it's not so much a joke. I think it's, uh, Tom Tugendhat is a really awful, awful Conservative MP. And I feel like it's this thing of, it's more that we're there are MPs who are basically very happy that 100,000 people have died of COVID and then go, I've made a light joke. And everyone's like, no, fuck off. Yeah. Not from you. I'm not having this from you. <laughs> if, someone, if someone funny had put this. And because a lot of people complaining about, the, you know, it, sort of, uh, it shows toxic masculinity because he's there in his army gear with a, a gun saying, I'm going to shoot the four-year-old kid that sent the Valentine's Day card to my daughter. And, and it's again that thing of the context of a Tory MP is tweeting that who is responsible for toxic masculinity and so much that their party does and so much their party does is violence uh, towards people, is discrediting people's lives, is not caring that people die. I think had it come from someone else, we might have taken it in a completely different way. But there's this, I don't know, I, I, I feel like there's this real weird disconnect in, in a lot of politicians' heads where they seem to think that that people won't pay attention to how they vote and what they do to the country and it's absolutely fine then when they do a light-hearted tweet in the midst of a global pandemic that they're not dealing with properly and actually people are exhausted and don't want that shit from him <laughs> he wants well, to do his job <laughs> do it you know i don't even think it's to do with the joke i think it's to do with him and who he is and what he stands for 
I mean, it's interesting. Right, so what you've done there, Tim, and I sort of take my hat off you to, to some extent, is in the in the most very be um, kind of uh, what's the word sort of reasonable way and reasonable tone have painted the worst possible picture you can of the Conservative Party and and all of their MPs essentially I mean you know and I'm not I consider myself a progressive voter but I don't I certainly don't consider myself a party a party hack because having sort of had dealings with all of them I can tell you not for me not for me um, and I think I think if if I mean, this will now lead into the, the Rishi. There's so many tie-ins tonight because the Rishi tweet is also from Jim Felton, whose pit tweet seems to have dropped off here. Um, in terms of like, how much do we actually... It's a diff difficult time for MPs to try and humanise themselves. That's, that's a very good point because of the pandemic. But I mean, you know, I take issue with the, you know, the Tory party as a kind of death squad. You know, I don't vote <laughs> Tory, but I do, I do take issue with that. Um, well, I'm, I'm doing hyperbole, yeah. but you know we're in a situation where a, a lot of people are dying. It's a very serious time, and I think that that it, it, what they're very, very bad at consistently. And I mean, actually, MPs across the board, all MPs, there's really very few that have got a good sense of humour. They're very bad at knowing when to time a joke and how to put it out there without sort of reading the room. And it's it's consistent. I mean, if you think uh, Boris is horrific for it, in that you know Johnson did that joke about Operation Last Gasp when it was about more ventilators for hospitals. It's like. Even if, if you're saying that in a back room, in a green room, that would be fine. Like, you don't say these things out loud from your head where everyone can hear them. It's, it's a complete... <laughs> you do if you're Bojo, but yes. Oh, well, you do. Uh, he's very got... good point. I can see a career in um, tweet consulting here. Very lucrative. It's, it's, often what I do, but it's often what I think about R&Bs. And I, I often watch... I don't know why I put myself through Prime Minister's questions or all that. And I watch them talk and I watch them try and deliver jokes. And I just think I know 600 comedians who would do this better and also get the point across better in what they're doing. And considering that your entire job is to communicate to the people and put through bodies of people, there's, they've got a complete lack of communication skills. It's terrible. And I, and I just, that's what I think about this, you know, and I, I don't know, it'd be interesting to see what Carmen thinks from a cold point of not knowing what he's, you know, what this sentiment has done is a very different thing. But I just think that, from my point of view, if I see just a Tory trying to do a light-hearted tweet at the moment, I'll get fucked. Absolutely get fucked. There's like three million people that have had no financial support. 120,000 people dead that you haven't helped. Like I'm just, I don't want your light-hearted joke right now. Do some fucking work. That's well, maybe done. we just don't want politicians to be saying their jokes because we've got comedians for that. So, so don't come over here taking our bleeding jobs. Even if you're not a politician, like, you know, maybe just don't tweet if you're a certain person. Like, I, I forget, but the, the I was watching The Mandalorian and I think one of the lead characters just got kicked off of season three because she tweeted something. And I'm mm. like, I would kick myself in the butt for even tweeting. I mean, I wouldn't tweet that, but but like you're you're doing well. Like, why even isn't there like a little bird in your head that's telling you this is probably not a good idea? Just stay off of Twitter. Like, how hard is that? Yeah, where's the filter? I, that's what it was. Gina Carano, wasn't it? And she tweeted, uh, I think, an anti-Semitic tweet. And, and that was the same thing. You've got a career with Disney. You've got a career in Star Wars. Like, why yeah. would even if you've got this in your head, why would you say it out loud to the world? Do you not have? But I'm not sure. Oh, I'm not entirely. Oh, Come I'm not sure. I'm not sure, and I tell you, I'm no defender of anti-Semitism. I'll tell you that right now. But I'm not sure that that tweet she compared, she compared something with to the Holocaust, which I think is always clunky 
and always but it's not it's not inherently she wasn't saying uh, you know she wasn't saying um that you know that it was as bad or she wasn't but she prefaced it in a way that she acknowledged how bad the holocaust was but it is it's 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 clunky she's also like, someone she's and to be fair i don't actually know the tweet content i saw she'd been kicked off but she'd also been accused of transphobia before and homophobia yeah, no. and so if you've had this on people are going to be ready to have a yes. go at your tweets yeah. already and that's why just in the back of your head you should be thinking i should probably be careful now so that i can keep yes. this amazing career that i've got like that's what i don't get that wouldn't you just think i should probably just leave this yeah <laughs> like, I, I, yeah i, I think it's a tricky one Air on the side of just being boring on Twitter, you know, just I don't know, tweet about your sister or something. Okay? Like, well, we're we're like back that. to 2013 and tweeting about cups of tea, but that means no one would tweet about Lindsay Lohan. That's so funny, Carmen. This air on the side of being boring on Twitter. Oh my god, then yeah, they no, just they pack put... up and go home now. Then. I mean, she already has a career. Why does she have to be big on Twitter? You know. Yeah, but that's what that's like Donald yeah. Trump is in a way as much as like he's a horrendous man. But when they banned him, I'll be honest, I kind of miss his crazy tweets. I mean, it, they just, you know, because like, me and Julie were talking about this and Julie said he's not even following him, but he knows he felt like he was following because he knew exactly yeah, what everything. <laughs> they could totally simulate his tweets by just getting someone to leave the caps lock on and headbutting their keyboard <laughs> and, it out, and it would be the same. So you you know you can you can and again that's a conversation we've had before that you can look at tweets and speak to people and see you know that, that you're going to see people that you don't like or stuff that they they're saying that we don't like as much as stuff that we do like um, and I guess that's what we're here for to explore that uh, have we got Carmen's uh, tweets we haven't have we had a tweet from you Carmen yet no, I know because yours have all been very very funny it's really interesting how how I guess pick their tweets. Uh -huh. So yeah, which ones you found? Well, actually, I mean, we could stay on the uh, stay on the theme of Twitter because one of them is uh, <laughs> fun with violent people who apologise for not tweeting are one hundred percent psychopath, sociopaths. Even yes, great. Yeah, she's she's very very funny comedian, and it's true. Whenever I see someone say like. I'm going to be going off social media. I'm like, nobody cares. Nobody's paying attention to you. <laughs> and then like, they're like, I'm going to be off for a month. And two weeks later, they're like back on. It's like, it's too much, you know, like we don't care. Yeah. If they lied about that, what else are they lying about? You've got to ask yourself really, you know, <laughs> it's, it's, just... it's this desperate need to be missed, isn't it? Like, you, you know, that feeling of like, I better let everyone know I'm not going to be here just to, with the hope that someone will respond and go, no, don't go, please don't go, we need you. And they never do. No one cares. Everyone gets on with their lives. <laughs> it's also on par with the Facebook, I'm going to be having a cull soon. Um, so apologies <laughs> in advance, If you know, but if you're still here, then you've made it. So I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck. Just delete me. You know, you're already annoying yeah. me. I, don't, I want to delete you myself, you know. Nothing is as bad as... Oh, I'm not going to be writing my blog anymore. We don't care. <laughs> Nobody's paying attention to you but yourself. You know, it's like when you say at a party, does this look okay? Nobody's looking at your outfit. They're all thinking <laughs> the same thing about themselves, you know. Yeah, what was the equivalent of the real world version of that? Of, you know, I, 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 I apologize. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to be put tweeting anymore. What's the equivalent of back in the before like social media what i'm washing my hair <laughs> 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 i 
don't know if there is an equivalent because it's just so attention seeking as well. Um, but yeah, Carmen. So you, 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 would you, would you, um, have you ever done that? Have you ever been guilty of doing anything like that? Having a cull and announcing it or? No, I, I, uh, I kind of err on the less personal side unless I find a joke in it. I just, um, I don't know. I just don't like to share. I don't know my personal thoughts like that's why I'm a, I have a therapist you know what I mean <laughs> maybe I'll, I'll tell my therapist that I'm going I went off TikTok for two days because I was going crazy and I didn't announce it you know it just well but not all of us have therapists this is it so we have we have oh, this is all we have Carmen this is all we have <laughs> oh that's sad <laughs> what about you Tin and do you, do you, have you ever are you you know to share do you Kind of I try not to. There's been a few times where I've, I've uh, tweeted something and quickly deleted it. But I think I'm with Carmen. I, I try and go either I've got to be, I've got to do a joke about this, or I'm promoting something, or yeah. even then I'll try and do a joke about it. And then, like, I tr I'm really conscious about if I've even retweeted a few too many times or promoted too many. I've got to put several jokes before I can do anything else because I'm a comedian. Like, I'm not going to just post boring shit. Like, or I, you know, there's no point in me doing being on there if I'm not going to post something that is in line with my yeah. job i just I say something new as well haven't you really yeah well that's the, i think that's the other thing that it's uh, i'm going to get really boring for a second but one of my main gripes with twitter is that i feel like there was a good um rule about jokes that i can't remember who came up with it and one of you might be able to remind me but the whole thing about your first thought you should always get rid of your first thought because it's the same thought that everyone else has that's your first joke so mm -hmm. everyone had that second yeah. joke is you trying too hard not to do the first joke again so you should get rid of that as well always do your third joke uh, yep. Yep. absolutely thrives on who's done the first joke first and that's the most popular and it's really killed sense of humor so it's like it's like, it's like who's done the most obvious joke the quickest that's the winner and actually the best jokes on Twitter are the ones where people have thought about it and gone, no one else has done this one. This is the angle that no one's checked with. And it's always, they're always the best ones. Absolutely. That brings me to another point of, of uh, comedians jokes on Twitter when they're retweeted, but without crediting the original mm. um, kind of, you know, writers. Have you ever been fallen to prey if someone's like quoted your joke? I've got friends who obviously this has happened to previous guests. Um, where that like, hang on, that's that's my friend's joke. That's where's that? How's that? You know, and you haven't credited this person, especially since we have no way of um, protecting our words, as it were. Have you fallen prey to someone taking your joke and not crediting you? Um, both of you, Carmen first. Um, I I think someone told me that someone stole my joke years ago, and I was like still really new, and I hate that. It does feel very like invasive and. But you know, part of me, you just have to kind of let it go because especially when I go to Spain and I go overseas and I go somewhere and I'm like, I will never know if someone does this joke better in their own language or whatever. It's, it's, it's almost um, easier to just say, you know, if you don't know, it won't hurt you, you know? Yeah. And, uh, but it's a, it's, it's a tough, it's a tough thing. Cause like even Ted Alexandro, he just went through this whole thing with SNL that they, he thinks they took his his joke and you know a lot of people are like this is totally ted's joke and other people are like this is parallel thinking so a lot of times you just don't know yeah yeah it's how the, if, if the wording's like exactly the same then i find that really that that cuts deep i think if yeah. it's a similar joke especially if it's about something topical if it's the same joke but worded differently i'm like that's fair because something similar has happened we could have you know this one event's happened we're all tuned into it 
But when it's exactly the same wording, yeah, like no, you've just copied and pasted that and nicked it, and I that is awful. Yeah, which has happened yeah. to me quite too many times. <laughs> yeah, I can think of one example of that. I'm not going to go into it, but I can think of one example, recent example that sort of circulated around where you know, even though it might not be verbatim, it's so the premises are so close that you know it, you can you can tell really. Um, so who's next? What's next? Tim, do, you want, do, you want, do you want to give us a do you want to give us a tweet uh one of your tweets uh yeah i put a mix of i can't remember what i did actually uh what ones did i give you hang on actually yours i think i put yours almost first uh on first let's have a look or maybe i did this is the, this is the fun part the edited highlights hang on they're all they are all clutched together so they should be oh yeah, yeah, yeah hang on here we go this is an interesting one, actually. Um, do, you, uh, do you want me to? Do you want to read it out? Do you want, want me to read it out? Don't mind. I, I don't mind. I'm happy to read it out. Oh, just, I, I'm uh, pretending that we're doing a podcast. I oh, know you read it out. <laughs> you want to yeah, hear I mean, your people words. can read it. I hope. I hope that if people are tuning into a show about Twitter, they are reading this uh, from the screen. But um, that's fair. Any, anybody that needs an audio description. Um, I'm thick as mints. I never went to uni. Grew up poor in a rough housing estate, and I managed not to be racist. So all this reach out to the working class stuff about mad old nanas in the shopping centre who think socialistic is a word does my head in. Um, I did also like that somebody below her had tweeted socialistic is a word. But, you know, it'd be interesting if this sort of cuts across to the States. And say, but but yeah, I always think this because of the amount of times, well, back in the day when you're allowed to gig, but you'd gig in all these places. Like I used to do loads of gigs in Barnsley and Barnsley was always the Brexit voting place, the place that voted Brexit. And I'd, always have these audiences that are like no we, we didn't we didn't and we don't think that way and we are and i were doing them for, for different class groups different groups people in the arts center but also in the pub and they'd be very mixed they'd be like a handful of people go oh we did but a handful of people go no we didn't and it was like everywhere's more nuanced than that but we're constantly told it's not and it and i find it really frust i just find it constantly that the frustrating narrative that this is what working class people think you're like no they're all different individuals they all think different things and they depending on where they are what their lives are like <laughs> it's, you know so i just i just thought this was a very good way of putting it yeah i mean it's weird i never it, it didn't sort of occur to me i mean again it's useful for someone's perspective and they're sharing it but i i hadn't realized that there was a kind of pile on to sort of necessarily blame um you know particular class for this uh if anything reading some of the you know the tweets after after last year and the murder of joy floyd and black ways i don't really feel like a class issue necessarily in fact it was more about systemic racism which is actually if you're going to point a finger at any class is is not the working class necessarily that you point the finger at um but are are mad old nana's grandmothers where you yeah. are Oh, okay. I was yeah, going to ask not, if you not, do, not if the you bananas know that have gone well off. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure if it, if it was just grandmothers or if it was a different I, thing. I was going to say, I think this is in reference to uh, the, the Labour Party. So our main opposition here, Carmen, were basically saying that they're going to change their tactics to be all about being proud of the flag and uh, going to like appeal to veterans. And they're basically going to be like a sort of the Conservatives were not as good, so people that vote Conservatives will still vote Conservatives, and people that vote Labour won't vote Labour because they'll go, well, they're too much like the Conservatives. It's, a, it's the most ridiculous tactic in the world, and mm. there's a really good um, American um, political analyst called Rachel Bitterkofer, who's done a lot about Republicans and Democrats, and said every time Democrats try and be more like Republicans, people just vote 
Republicans, if they're right wings, they're like, well, they do it better and don't vote Democrats. They're left wings. They go, well, you're being moved to Republicans. It's just, it's such a losing tactic. But I think this is what this was in referring to anyway, and that, you know, this idea of reaching out to the working class, we have to be all flag shagging and, and it's not, there's not necessarily, the way, you know, just whether you just say that you'll fund schools and hospitals and we'll like that. <laughs> I tell you, flag shagging, that sounds chafing to me, I tell you. It does. Well, there you go. <laughs> the poll, the especially, yeah. Oh, I don't know about the American one. Stars and Stripes chafing you badly. <laughs> I don't know. But Carmen, what's the equivalent over there? I mean, would, 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 um, because like the, the, the reason I'm asking is because <clears throat> do you have this whole, the old nanas, you know, the racist grandmothers, like, like everyone's got a racist grandmother, basically. Yeah. 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 Is, is, is that is that a, is that the thing in America as well? I mean, I, we're, we don't leave it to the grandmothers. We just have racist a lot of people, and they they come out <laughs> now, especially because you know Trump really kind of let them out. Um, mm -hmm. But you know, we have you know these these QAnon groups and everything, and 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 they're just it's just getting worse. And I think uh, uh, like that Marjorie Taylor Greene is just an awful person um so it, it's not just the nanas it's 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 people they're just coming out of the woodwork now maybe they were always there and just social media and trump has have made them come out more but is, is there still a stereotype though that that's it's certain areas of america rather than you oh, know yeah. it, it's, yeah, the like, middle, it's not the coasts like the midwest i mean it but the, every place has when you can leave new york city and you there are clusters of people who are just, you know, I did a set in Long Island and it was like, I said Trump once and they, I dug myself in such a hole I couldn't get out. And I'm like, it was one joke, you know, at the beginning of my set and I was trying to revive for the rest of the set. So it, they're, they're everywhere. They're everywhere. <laughs> they really are. It's, it's, it's sad. Like one thing I've realized is I can't believe how many dumb people live in my country. <laughs> Don't worry, we've got dumb people in our country. Really? Too. Oh, so dumb. Loaded terms, people. Loaded terms. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. Well, 70 million is that that's a lot. That's a yeah. lot of dumb people. I mean, I mean, that's 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 the kind of you know, that's the kind of uh, allegation that we, you know, remain as through uh, Brexiteers uh, or leave voters for you know, and that wasn't hugely healthy. Um, I mean, I was a remainer, but I can't say I was always very proud to be. A remainer uh, at times necessarily. It's, it's, it's this mad insistence that everything at the moment has to be tribal. It's either either or. It's you're either like and so it becomes party political. Like you are either Republican or you're a Democrat, and you go. Well, there are some other parties. There are other ways to do things. <laughs> you can do. And it's yeah. so here in remainer. I I found all all I ever heard was it's dividing everyone. And the amount of times I'd speak to a comedy audience and everyone would be like, no, we're all bored of this equally. We don't care anymore, you know. Like, we're all sort of, it's like there's a lot more nuance to life, and social media never allows that that to never. show. But also, I think voting doesn't either. No, and 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 it's funny because both sides have their problems, you know, and uh, and you don't have to pick a side of like which which one has the word. And Sam Harris is this great philosopher. I don't know if you know him. He's a, like meditates and all that stuff. And he said it very well. He's like, you can have cancer and heart disease. Like you can have two horrible things. It's yes. not just all one side. But now it's just like, if you're not on this side, you're on this side. It's crazy. What, well, it's not, yeah, sorry, go on, Tina. I was just gonna say also the voting system doesn't allow, you know, because like over here we've got a two party system and in the States you've got a two party system. So it's always like, you, it's always like the least shit option rather than vote for what exactly. you actually want or what you believe yeah. in and that. 
then doesn't help polarize people. You know, I think that just causes it in, in a way. But in the States, they've never even had a breakthrough moment where, you know, with the, the SDP and all the rest of it, you know, we've had, we've had, it was apparently in the 80s, they found that um, almost everyone had voted SDP Liberal Alliance at some point in their voting life but obviously they've never done it all at the same time but there was you know there was i mean okay yeah you know i have to confess i i worked for lib dems for a while pre-tuition fees i might add um but you know it it's we you know it's a two-party system essentially but we have had the illusion of choice whereas you guys you know unless it was sort of ross perot maybe occasionally you just you didn't have that you know it's no. it, is, it is literally it is literally you are one side or the other but in terms of how that plays out on social media i was thinking about the, the george bush quote george bush jr quote about uh, terrorism which was paraphrased to you're either with us or against us and weirdly that seems to be how everybody on twitter behaves whether you're on yeah. the left or the right you're yeah. either with us or yeah. against us is is yeah. the kind of inner mantra well sometimes outer mantra that's going on well, Case closed. so talking talking <laughs> of uh, tweets Tweets. Let's get another tweet. What, yeah, what have tweets. you got? I've just. I think it's yours, um, Julian. Is it the it the uh, Duncan Ballantyne one? Yeah, yeah, it was quite an interesting one because I don't often tweet from the account, but I felt like I had to here. Um, so we're back to COVID. Duncan Ballantyne from um, the entrepreneur known to UK TV audiences for uh, Dragons Den. Um, I don't know if he's translated over to. Uh, he's not quite Trump. I, you know, I suppose mm. maybe is he our closest Trump figure, but certainly not politically. Uh, at least he hasn't gone for yeah. a political <laughs> career. Yeah, I mean, you know, he certainly hotels they've got in common. So he's out in Miami where he has a home. Uh, I'm in Miami. Restaurants, bars, hotels, gyms are all open. Neither death rate nor infection rate is much higher than the UK. Actually, it might even be lower. Why is the UK in lockdown? Which is, you know, something I hear from quite a lot of people uh, on Twitter, people I know. Um, so I, I've heard this a lot and it kind of, I just thought, well, it's time, you know, occasionally it'd be nice to punt a tweet out from the account. So my reply was, well, to get death and the infection rates down, no one would consider the current rate here acceptable, even though it's now thankfully going down because of, guess what, oh. lockdown. We saw what effect opening up the UK had in December the peak season for respiratory diseases, which is still not over. I mean, I know it's not a simple issue, COVID, but and I also do understand that people have to sort of put the economic devastation on the map. But you can't do, you can do something about numbers going up in a pandemic and not filling up the hospitals by by having a lockdown, and then you can put the economy back on track to some extent by, you know, expenditure essentially. But you can't, you can't sort of. That's in your hands. So you've got to do what's in in your hands to do. You can't neglect the the health side of it for a side for the economic side of it, in which is theoretically something you can is in your hands to do. I mean, I, I've never really understood the, the people that don't understand the concepts of numbers going up. Essentially, also Florida has horrible numbers, so it, he shouldn't compare no one should be comparing themselves to florida florida is sorry. i mean it just seems it, yeah i mean i I'm, I'm surprised that it is so that the it seems to be so liberal in miami if not, if the numbers are anything close to what ours were i mean you wrote that tweet however many days ago two days ago things have started to come down 
but still at an unacceptable level. I mean, how are their hospitals not overflowing? I think he sort of gets into this. And one thing that I will say for him is that when I went down his Twitter feed, he quote tweet responds to almost everybody who's made a comment on that. He spent a lot of time, obviously got some time on his hands, answering everyone, which I was quite sort of surprised by. And it's, and it's done in a way that is largely not combative. Uh, I was dying for him to obviously reply to us, but I never got a reply. So I call that a win. <laughs> it's interesting that actually just the point that you from there about like people in the public eye who since lockdown have started to respond to people. Um, you know, I, was saying, we, I think we had this conversation earlier with Julian, it's like Rich Hall when he joined Facebook and he was like, is that the real Rich Hall? Is that real one? Is that, because he yeah. wouldn't be, saying, you know, Jim Jeffries is back on, on, on I shouldn't be naming names really, but yeah, people are coming back on social media and having those interactions that they, you know, they were too A-listy for before, but now it's like, we're so bored. I'll even talk, I'll, I'll just, I'm going to respond to people. That's what I'm going to do. Maybe that's what, because I can't believe anyone's got time I don't have time to go on Twitter. We've got a show about Twitter. I don't, you know, so I just, I think there's something quite charming about that people are responding to the people that tweet them. I think that's really, that's made me like him a bit more. But in terms of, um, I mean, I, I, you know, America, I am, I'm in my head and I don't know, Carmen, obviously, you know better. I feel like it must be worse there. And I don't know why I feel that. I think because you've got Trump, I'm just thinking, we've got Boris and it's really been bad here. It must be worse. And plus you don't I mean, have- Yeah, it's, I think the fact that Trump is off of Twitter has probably, he he's such a uh, fodder for jokes and what, no matter what side you're on. And uh, I mean, I, I know for myself because I'm not on the road that if I get on social media too much, it I go insane. Like I, my I, my anxiety levels go up. So. I'm not on it that much. I post and then just try to get off of it. But um, but yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. Everybody's on it we, with or without Trump. You know, it's kind of nice that he's gone though. I'm sick of, I do it too. Like I'll, re, I'll retweet him with a quote and, and say something silly, but it's nice. I'd rather him not be on, to be honest. I just always wonder like, wasn't there, it must have been just such a relief that first night where you didn't wake up the next day to see if he'd threatened to nuke somewhere. Like, because it was just always like at 4 a.m. he'd have on the toilet shouted something at somewhere. And I just can't imagine what it must have been like in America to wake up and go, oh, I don't have to worry what he tweeted last night. <laughs> well, I think, I think they all presidents keep the uh, the codes, I think. Like, you know, so the, I, I think they keep their nuclear codes for ever. I don't know. Like I heard that somewhere where Biden was like, we need to get these removed from Trump, even if he's no longer president. Oh, Jesus. But what, does, what does it operate? It must be some kind of like toy nuke. Kind of, you know. I, I mean, think I think they do it so that like if somebody needs help, but you would think your, your co-ex-presidents would be helpful. But when you have someone like Trump, he shouldn't have access to anything anymore. So do they just change like every new president? Do they change the code like when you get, um, you know, when you get like a new pin code for your for your card? For your, I don't um, know. Bank card. Because I can barely remember that. So I don't know how he's going to remember the you know the mute codes because they, they they must be a bit more complicated. You know, eight digits. No, try again. You know, and how do you get that three goes? And if it doesn't work, then 
you know, you, you explode because like you were so stupid to get it wrong three times. <laughs> I mean, how does how does that how does the code work? The new code code. We always Who hear knows? about it, but I just I want I want someone to go inside and show me the background of the new code. I have a feeling though after like in a couple years or something all these books are going to come out about how crazy it was behind the scenes at the White House you know like you know he almost did this and we had to stop him from doing that you know. So look, looks like we're going to be wrapping up in a minute so I'm going to just quickly like because I think we both love this and I'm hoping you guys saw this as well. Oh, God, it's like, yes. So we create we might have got rid of Trump but we have a new star <laughs> a new star right. on the Twitter which is, of course, Jackie Weaver. Now, did you get this across the, uh, the pond, Carmen? Uh, it's, it's basically, I'll, I'll let Julian tell you about the, where it originates from. And then um, so many things have come out from the back of it, you know. Yeah, so, um, so when I was tweeting about the show, um, Carmen, I was saying something like, oh, there are no standing orders on our Zoom events. And then I hashtagged Handforth. So what this was about two weeks ago now, I guess it must be, was a parish council meeting in a place called Hanforth, which is uh, kind of the Wirral area, isn't it? Um, certainly Cheshire, Cheshire area. Um, and so it's, it's like the lowest, well, that's a very, it's the very small kind of parochial kind of council, quite sort of small level village kind of council type stuff. But the, the meeting was, um, was called by someone from like the main council body and it was her meeting she kicked off the meeting and the guys that were on the parish council didn't like it they the classic line that's come from it is jackie weaver you have no authority here so one of these old guys who was just from on the council who was basically saying who is you know why is she running the show uh, you know this is my meeting i'm the i'm the clerk of the meeting and all the rest of it there's a lot of bit of toxic old school toxic uh, masculinity going on here and then Another one of the guys, a younger councillor, uh, was um, questioning her authority as being chair. And he said, oh, this uh, line is read the standing orders and the standing orders being the kind of really tedious stuff that gets set up for any constitution. Um, so it was very, it was basically her becoming a national hero by being really calm in the face of all this male screeching, essentially. Uh, and it was a whole hour meeting and some guy who's a sort of a political kind of um, very quite a young guy who's sort of political spot spotted it, and then one of his friends or somebody he was in contact with uh, whittled it down to thirty seconds, and then the whole thing just went viral. It just went sort of massive, and and she essentially made a film trailer out of it, um, and everyone was you know hashtagging handful for parish council and just you know cracking gags about it. So that's that's where we are on that one. Basic and overnight, it's, it's, I think the equivalent is like cat judge. You know, you obviously you had cat <laughs> judge, right? So it just overnight has just oh, yeah. made this woman massively famous. Um, and I think we should play out on that is that, yeah, that yeah. Andrew Lloyd Webber um, has written a song about her. So this is just like a mumsy kind of, you know, I mean, she's not like, a, 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 but she's now become like a feminist firecracker. She's 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 got you know people writing songs about if they made a film the Jackie Weaver film who would play her would it be Britney Spears would it be Dame Helen <laughs> Mirren would it be would it be you know and it's just it's been the two best things my and I think Julie agrees like the favourite things that have happened in the last couple of weeks is Cat Judge and this one and it's kind of showing that comedians us were kind of becoming redundant really because <laughs> ordinary everyday people are becoming yeah. stars overnight without doing the circuit 
without putting the time in. So right. we're out of jobs. And this is the Andrew Lloyd Webber. Well, I'll, pl that I'll play that in a sec. But um, Taylor, what did you make of all of that? It's, I, I found it amazing that there was a way to make parish council meetings interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know it was very funny, but it is like parish council meetings are some of the most boring. boring. Totally. Like, no one would ever be interested in it outside of if it wasn't for I think it was a, a sort of politics student, wasn't it, who who found the clip and was watching it and and found the one bit and knew the bit to choose and put it out there, which is amazing. But they are the most boring, boring meetings. <laughs> I think I think a lot more people are interested in local level politics as a result. So that's that's not a bad thing. Yeah, no, that's true. That's a quite positive, a positive note to end on. Shall I, let's give this a little tinkle. I don't know how long the clip is. Woo! Right at the end. Just hit the high note. When you're stuck in a tunnel and you can't find your way out, thank the Lord there's the Jackie Weaver about. Jackie is our saviour. She'll know what to do in the nick of time. She'll rescue you, Jackie Weaver, Jackie Weaver, Britain's answer to the American dream, Jackie Weaver, Jackie Lockdown, anything is possible, isn't it? Let's face it. <laughs> but, uh, all I can say is, Tien, we're all struggling to write stuff um, during lockdown. We're not writing our best stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> what about you, Carmen? Uh, yeah, I'm trying to write. You know, I force myself. I can't say it's it's good, but I'm I'm writing. Okay, so listen, you had some funny ones. Can we can we get one of Carmen's because you are our first transatlantic guest. Can we get some something once you pick your favorite one oh, out? Oh. Um, well that's my friend Adrian right there. Being heterosexual is homophobic is uh <laughs> is fun so funny to me because you know everybody's so got their opinions and everything. I don't have to explain it, but it's just it she's very funny. And I just thought that was that just made me laugh. I think it's lovely Very that you're, you're quoting all your friends as well. What a lovely, lovely, lovely supportive <laughs> thing to do. <laughs> I, actually, well, there's a mutual friend of, uh, well, Carmen knows her better, but um, Liz Mealy, obviously, um, I chose a tweet from Liz, and I know that obviously... Oh, yeah, that one's really, really well. good. 
yeah, so my dad is two years older than my mum and he's eligible for the vaccine but she isn't and my dad was like i'll wait for you and she was like what are you crazy this isn't the titanic go get the vaccine you're old <laughs> that was actually a, a text between me adrian and liz and oh, uh, and adrian like suddenly when she wrote that she was like liz that's a tweet <laughs> oh, that's I love it when people say that as well. I mean, I've had I to say to acts before. I said, like, they put something on Facebook that's really funny. It's like, tweet, you've got to tweet that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's great. Oh, so, we've got the inside um, story. It's, it's time to kind of almost wrap things up. It is. It is time to wrap up the show. I, I put my little uh, screen behind me for anyone who's still with us on Twitch and Facebook and YouTube Live. Guys, I'm going to move my head in a really high tech way. Buy me a can, coffee dot com slash forward slash let's kill twitter that's buy me a coffee dot com forward slash let's kill twitter and uh, do buy carmen lynch and tin and jib and and and, and obviously julian hall and myself uh, a cup of tea Where, what, what would be your favorite drink carmen what would you be ordering right now in Ooh, a, cafe? a nice latte with oat milk oh nice what about you tin yeah oh. I've, I've be I became a sucker for a flat white and I haven't had one since we haven't we haven't been able to go to cafes. I just need that. I need a lot of caffeine in my day. <laughs> oh, I'm with you on the flat white. Uh, Julian, what would you be ordering it's, right now? It's totally uh, black coffee all the way from a uh, stovetop espresso, mid-size, Monmouth coffee. I can't remember how many shots are in that mug when it comes out, but... You know, once a day. Thanks. Oh, I do miss. I do miss. I do miss the coffees outdoors. I do miss them. It's not the same at home, is it? Um, but yeah, thank you so much for joining us, uh, Carmen, all the way from America. Where oh, can, I, can I just ask, what's your background? What's happening? Are you? I, I'm, I'm spying. Are you? Are you in your at your home or? Oh yes, this is oh, my okay. home in Queens, and uh, you know, I'm like 20 minutes from the city, so I, I like it over here in in, uh, in Astoria. Um, oh, I miss I miss you. I, I keep watching. I'm like totally addicted. I really love Sex and the City, but partly because I can see New York that way. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, and even Gossip, even Gossip Girl. Was, yeah. uh, oh, I love Gossip Girl. Girl. You know. <laughs> my nieces love it as well. I love it. We've got something that this made me bond with my little nieces. They think I'm so cool because I like Gossip Girl. And I'm not so cool now. They're admitting it on live, on 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 the air, as it were. Uh, but Carmen, what have you got coming up? Can you promote? And would you like to tell us about um, Ooh, out there? Um, no shows that aren't, no outdoor shows right now. But um, I put any Zooms and any social media kind of shows on at Carmen Comedian. i crazy on TikTok. I make a lot of videos. I have an album called Vertically Obese available everywhere and a podcast called The Human Centipod also available on all platforms. Okay, go find uh, Carmen Lynch. And what's your Twitter handle? At Carmen Comedian. At Carmen Comedian. And TNN, I'm going to ask you the same thing. I know you've created a comedy background for yourself there. Uh, and behind that, I'd love to see what's behind that black, black Do sheet. Do you really want to? I mean, it's really it's boring. Yeah, pull it down. Oh, it's, it's, it's like <laughs> a bed, a bed and a bedroom. Oh. It's, it's really boring. That's so why I made, the, I made the background because the room is so boring that it's less boring having a black background and making people think I'm sitting in a cupboard. But yeah, that's, that's okay. We can you can choose backgrounds like I do. I'll just get all sorts of different backgrounds. And and tell us what you've got. Um, uh, uh, by the way, we did discover something really wonderful. Uh, Carmen does comedy in two languages, in Spanish and in English. So 
please look out for that and team in he's he, the first time i knew there was something there but you've got what the roots again was it moroccan your my background grand, yeah, my granddad was french but we've just found out that his or recently found out that his parents we think were moroccan or tunisian we're trying to work it out and then yeah and then my nan was from russian polish origin on my other side irish uh, but i'm from north london so yeah, but it's still there. So all that mixture is still there. So what we've got to promote? Anything that you've got coming up? Anything that you'd like to tell us about? Uh, I wish. Um, I will be going to the same park at least three times this week and complaining about it as my daughter spends far too long on the playground. Um, if you happen to be passing by. Um, no, I don't know. I've, I've been, I'm doing my podcast weekly every single week because uh, I hate myself. Um, so it's partly political <laughs> broadcast. I'm a sucker for punishment. And then, yeah, I just, I will relentlessly tweet about anything I'm doing because I have nothing else to say. So I, I'll see you in 2024, I reckon, when we get out of this. I know, I know. What's your Twitter handle, Tim? Uh, it's just my name, but you have to spell it. And that's like a whole new game. <laughs> if you throw, in, just throw a lot of vowels into Google and it might correct you. Yeah, it's, you've seen it here, though. It's T I E R N A N. D-O-U-I-E-B, or I could do it the phonetic kind of, was it uh, Tango, India, Echo, Romeo, <laughs> November, Alpha, November, <sighs> Delta, Oscar, Uniform, India, Echo, Bravo, 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 really well. That, thank you so much for joining us, both of us, Carmen, what time is it there now? Um, It's uh, 4.20. In the afternoon? Yes. Yeah. Oh God, you've got the rest of the evening to go. We've still <laughs> time for bed here for, for poot. Again, if you want to buy me a coffee, uh, forward slash Let's Kill Twitter. Is that right? Buy me a coffee. Dot com. Oh, yeah. Well, forward slash just go to buy me a coffee Twitter. website and put Let's yeah, Kill Twitter. Yeah, and you'll find yeah. us. You'll find us. Uh, when's our next show, Julian? Uh, the next show is Sunday, the 28th of February. Oh, hasn't February gone quick compared to January? <clears throat> Thankfully. Uh, Sunday, the 28th of February at 8pm, we have political commentator Ian Dale and comedian and virologist Rialina. Obviously, she's getting credited quite a lot as virologist and comedian these days because of COVID. <laughs> so they will be, uh, they, those guys have already worked together on Sky recently, so I think they're going to be a, a good pairing. So that will be 8 p.m. Uh, on Sunday, the 28th of February. And we'll be putting out tweets to that effect shortly. And obviously, I'll be getting clips uh, of this show up as soon as I possibly can. And in the meantime, follow us at LKT Zoom. Happy Valentine's Jaunty. Day, everyone. Hi, thank you. Happy Valentine's Day. We hope you enjoyed listening to this edition. I think we certainly got to grips with quite a few general sort of social media issues, uh, which obviously come up quite a lot given the nature of what we do, as well as the specific stories. If you'd like to support our work, you can do by going to the Buy Me A Coffee website. So that's buymeacoffee.com and there's a Let's Kill Twitter page set up there for any donations. But anything you can do in terms of a recommendation, a follow, a like, a retweet, or whatever it might be, is all appreciated. Please do follow us at LKT Zoom on Twitter for more information and we look forward to being in your ears again soon.